The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Let's go. Welcome to Citizen. We got a very special guest today. Uh, you, tell me about your company. Tell me your tell me your name. Tell me about your company because I've seen you on Black Rifle podcast recently. Yep. Baker introduced us, and I thought you had a really a lot of really interesting things to say, and also. The company itself and the formation and history has been really interesting. So introduce yourself to the audience, please. My name is Tom Kubinick, president and CEO of Secure Tactical. And uh, the best describe the company, we started life as a defense contractor, mm-hmm. uh, designing and building armories for, uh, we started with special forces, did most of the SEAL teams, then big army, Marine Corps, and now Secured as the global leader in military weapon storage and armory design. About five years ago, we decided to go into the consumer products group, really out of frustration for what the industry was producing, um, the changes in the military that require, I mean, the military went from the M16 standard battle rifle to the M4, mm-hmm. which really is a weapon system. Right. You went from a rifle, iron sights, to now you've got a modular system that full of attack. Everything's adjustable, everything's mm-hmm. adaptable. Every rack they had didn't work. So we designed a solution, really working with a third group, um, to properly store and organize not only the, the weapons, but all the gear associated. Right. Then we look at the civilian market. The same thing is happening. There's been a big change over the last 20 years from, I mean, my grandfather hunted with a 30-30 iron sights. The idea of a scope was like, you might have one. Right, yeah, but, yeah. And you come forward now, popular, the AR-15. Mm-hmm. You've got a lot of modular firearm systems coming out, like things that Masterpiece Arms is doing, and everybody's using optics. The volume of gear is growing exponentially, and the gun safe industry has not, and they appear they just won't address this. Well, you know, it's been a big problem with uh, uh, with holsters as well yeah. and for for, hand, for sidearms. I mean, it there's is. so many, uh, you know, light attachments and other attachments, even uh, rail-mounted optics yeah. at this point that just aren't adjusted for it. I mean, you, ha- you pretty much have to go into the market and get something made custom. But they're, That's, the, the thing about yeah. the modularity of these weapons platforms is that they're not so disparate that you can't make something that works for most yeah. people, right? Because most people right. are buying generally this. They, they ha, there's a lot of options, but most people are buying generally the same things, right? So if you got it a Glock, there's an RMR CC site or something on top of it. That should be, yeah, maybe not for mass production, but there should be some availability of well, those products, and a lot of times there aren't. You're right, and that's when you look at our solution. What we bring to the table, you know, there's a gun safe, and it's all gun safes are basically the same. What we bring is really it's a building block system. It's a modular solution that allows each individual to build the system that meets their needs. When we look at firearms storage, we look at the performance side. The gun safe industry is based on is like outside of the performance aspect. Why do you buy a firearm? How do you train with a firearm? What is the purpose of a firearm? Gun safe is an after. Oh yeah, at the end of the day, lock it. 
Well, we bring performance into that. Your storage solution has to match the intent. Why do mm. you own the firearms? Right. If it's for home defense, then your storage solution has to be congruent with that. Meaning you have to have ready and uh, uh, ready access to the weapon without and, a bunch of bullshit. And right? ready access to yeah. the right weapon. Yeah, to yeah. I mean, we use you know the principles of decentralized storage. Mm. Our solutions are smaller, lightweight, modular. If you've got a large firearms collection, it makes no sense to stick it in a big metal box in your basement. Sure, yeah. Or yeah worse yeah. is to yeah. stick it into a big safe, like you see in brochures. You got a great big, huge, beautiful safe next mm -hmm. to a fireplace and a pool table. And there's ta the advertisement's talking about, you know, heritage and showpiece. Like, mm -hmm. Dude, it's a safe. Yeah. It's not a showpiece. It's a, it's a metal box it's, with but a it's lock the, on it, yeah. The cornerstone of security is secrecy. Correct. My, my yeah. home, I'm never more than <clears throat> probably three seconds from being armed. Yet nobody knows I own a firearm, unless you right. know me. Yeah, yeah, You've never yeah. seen, but throughout my home, just following simple, simple principles, and then having small modular solutions that can adapt to whatever I want to. Yeah, do. my girlfriend thinks I'm crazy, because, <laughs> well, one, I, I, even when I'm in my own home, I still have a concealed gun on me all, the, almost all okay. the time, right? Just, I, for me, it's I've been doing, I've been carrying a concealed weapon for, what year is this? Uh, for over 20 years now, yeah. every literally every single day. So I maybe it's just a comfort thing. I just feel naked without it. But yeah, I, I do the same. I have things placed strategically around my home. I, I just like that. It's that's a very small thing you can easily do. That maybe hopefully never becomes relevant, right? No, but in the you, case that it does, you, I'm really glad that it's going to be there. But it's. I talk to people all the time. It drives me nuts. Yeah, I've got a big safe. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, but then I keep a shotgun or I keep a rifle, keep a handgun next to my bed, next to my... Mm -hmm. I'm like, guys, when you look at... I always bring up Newtown as an example. Lonzo walked into his mom's house, mm -hmm. picked up her rifle and fired two rounds into her chest and killed right. her. So it's, If her guns had been locked, yeah. maybe she could have defused this kid. So it's like uh, you're trying to find a balance between uh, uh, accessibility but also exclusive access to the weapon, right? Absolutely. It's... I mean, in my... Security is, is you've got to have, with freedom comes responsibility. Certainly. If I take on the responsibility mm -hmm. of owning firearms, it's up to me to make sure my neighbors, yeah. family, friends are protected from, um, you know, from acts from, from, yeah, from, yeah. from the wrong people. Getting yeah, and that's that's kind of uh, the premise of this show, Citizen, mm -hmm. is that, uh, you know, to, if you want to, I, to, for me, there are two types of people in a, in a, in a society. One is a, uh, is a, a, a citizen who recognizes the responsibilities mm -hmm. of them required to secure the rights that they want. Right. And the other person is someone that hopes that somebody else secures them for them. And that's a subject. That's not a citizen, right? Correct. Like if, you, if, you, if you refuse to take part in securing your own rights, then you don't actually have rights. You have privileges that somebody else is yeah. allowing you to have. And that's unacceptable from our perspective, right? Absolutely. It's a, there's a frustration point there because it's not hard. Mm -hmm. But... You know, I was tell I know a lot of people right now buying their first firearms. You know, and it's funny. More people, there are more first-time yeah. firearm owners in the last two years than the previous thirty years combined. Yeah, and I talked to all of them, saying, "Look, it's a life-changing moment. Mm -hmm. It's not you. You don't buy this and if ends up in your cupboard, you know, in your closet, up on a top shelf, and you haven't shot it in six months. If you're going to commit to a firearm, mm -hmm. commit to being part of the community yeah, and yeah. do the work and." You'll find at the end of the day, it's actually quite enjoyable. You're hanging out with great people, and uh, is that me beeping? What is that noise? That is you beeping. I don't like that. All right, uh, it seems to be fine. So let's just keep going. I got, got audio. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Video. The beep signifies ten percent awful. No, it happened the other day. I don't know what it is. I think it's uh, a a download thing. Yeah, it is. All right. Anyway, sorry. We're going to leave this in, too, because I don't give a shit. Good. I, I like, like it. people. I like people to see my mistakes. I have no idea what I'm doing here. I can, I can talk, but if running all this equipment. If you were to secure it for two days, you'd realize one of our mantras is fail fast. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't be afraid of failure. Mm -hmm. Jump in. Jump off the cliff. You'll find a place to land. We What's move that? Fast. What you're, have you ever? You've, I'm sure you've read Principles by Ray Dalio, right? If not, I, I've I, not. I recommend it. So I've one not. of his, one of the principles, it's like principles of of life and business or mm -hmm. something to that effect is the subtitle um and one of the principles is hire slow fire fast yep absolutely and, and he doesn't just mean with personnel he's talking about if you're walking down a path immediately when you recognize that is the wrong path turn around and go the other yeah. way right i think that's a really good because people get caught up in spent cost fallacy a lot 
well, I've done so much it's, at this point. I'd, I may as well keep going, but that's stupid. It, people overvalue what they have and undervalue what they gain mm. by giving it up. I, I see it all the time in people. With, I know people in bad jobs that talk about mm. their awful time. I'm saying, dude, quit tomorrow. Mm. You know, just quit. You're, something will come along, but why? You know, as far as we know, we're going to be here once. Yeah, people, uh, you know, do certainly get paralyzed by fear quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. Uh, and 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 their personal and and business lives and you know I, I just don't think it's a it's a very healthy way to go about things you know? no and that's you, you can relate that back to firearm storage you know we're when we talk about storage solutions and firearm storage and we always talk about the performance side of it is if you're going to buy my system commit to practice you know you practice with a firearm to be proficient mm-hmm. we practice access too. i tell everybody you know i've got under my bed a fast box every night when i for the first 30 days i open it in the dark mm-hmm. now about once a week i just turn the lights off i reach down and i can arm myself in by two seconds mm-hmm. now i'm so fast it's muscle memory it's part of performance training because if a window breaks if you got gunfire in your house I don't care who you are. You're going to be in a heightened state. You're sure, yeah. High blood pressure, high heart rate. You're not mm. going to think fast. Without muscle memory, mm. you will make mistakes. Yeah, there are physiological factors there. I mean, once your fight or flight gets activated, yep. blood rushes to your legs. They start to tingle if you've been sleeping, right? Yep. So that's going to be off-putting for you. Not that you should necessarily be running uh, uh, uh counter ambush drills from your bed no. right but it is a good idea to be familiar with the equipment that you're trying to use certainly that's i tell everybody as guys look it's it's your ability to defend yourself is only as good as your ability to, to get into a position to defend yourself and uh i try to you know once you buy into everything it's actually a fun experience i agree with it you know to be honest uh, another thing that i like to do when i'm sitting around uh in my home watching television or something is I'm just fiddling around with my what like you know basic this is what basic training is you people don't that haven't been through it don't realize this but the first three to four weeks depending on which program you're going through you don't you have a weapon but no you never shoot it you just walk around with that weapon familiarize yourself with it some guy with a high and tight haircut comes by and tears your entire life to pieces if you're doing the wrong thing and then you get the opportunity to fire the weapon right um, we could probably use a little bit more of that. It's, you know? I tell you, the, uh, you can see it. And it's always, I always relate it back. I was a musician, guitar mm-hmm. player. You hand a non-guitar player guitar, I don't care who they are, and they look awkward. Yeah. Once you've held one a long time, you're, it's a comfort level. Same thing with a firearm. You hand a firearm to someone who doesn't shoot firearms, mm-hmm. there's an awkwardness about it. Right. If you're buying your first gun, you got to get past that. Sure. And you get past that by... Time on, time on yeah. weapon, time on training. You dry firing, everything you can do. I always really everything back to muscle memory. If you're whole, you know that draw. Just mm-hmm. you can sit and practice that all the time. Yeah, and I think uh, the biggest, most, uh, particularly with uh, with handguns, I would say, but even long guns, a lot of the work is done in dry firing, right? Absolutely, I think so. You know, yeah. just you, you you don't get the uh, the positive reinforcement from the action of the weapon or, or uh, round hitting steel or anything like that. But the mechanics are the most important part, you know. Yeah, yeah they get 80% there before you go to the range. And then it's, you can fine-tune uh, after that, right? You know, it's funny. I'm, I'm, I'm not a clay shooter. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to become one. So I, I'm in, a, I'm in a, a, a skeet league now. And I've I only tried there. once, and I am terrible at it. It I, seems like I'm it's really, an acquired skill, but I'm bad. So I sit, and I've got my downstairs. i got my home office, little studio. i got my big firearm storage solution. I've got my shotgun there and I go in front of the mirror. Mm. Every morning I go down and just that, that motion of bringing, of sighting, bringing it up, just, just, just getting sight alignment yeah, but just, more quickly, right? Yeah. If I can, I got to do that for 30 days mm. and I'm going to own that I'll yeah. own it for the rest of my life. But it's, again, people underestimate, people who don't know, don't understand that when you do something, repeat something slowly and perfectly mm. for 30 days, 36 days, it becomes muscle memory. It's ingrained. Sure. And yeah, it's, it's uh, how you do. And the, the other point I'll add to that is how you do anything is how you do everything. Yeah. So if it's, a, it's if, it's, if it's something you take seriously, then you better do that. Like it's a, yeah. like practice like you plan to play at some point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like it, it's, <laughs> it always reminds me of these knuckleheads that run these uh, self-defense academies that do everything in slow motion. And that's so like the dust guy or whatever in Detroit, whatever his name is. Um, that is not real. 
that's nonsense, no. right? Like you need to, at some day, some member of your family or even a stranger is going to depend on your competency and mm -hmm. you're opting in to the responsibility by first purchasing weapons and then by yeah. arming yourself and carrying those weapons, right? Like you don't have the option to set it out, set out the fight. No. If you've, if you've gone that far, so you better be ready to fight. Yeah. There's a, I mean, I, there's some things I practice very slow, but you also do speed. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's two different, you know, you pla I practice slow for precision of motion, but then you've got to practice reaction time as well. Or, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a big handgun. I'm not a handgun shooter. Mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm a rifle shotgun guy. In fact, in New York State where I live, I do not have a handgun permit. I'm, we're doing our class. Um, I'm going through the class and getting my handgun permit in about a month. Where, what state are you guys in? I'm in New York. Mm. So it's People's Republic. I don't know what you want to call it. Yeah. Um, you know where I live? It's uh, foothills of the Catskill Mountains mm. on a lake. It's beautiful, great hunt. It's just a gorgeous area. And it's all conservative, but there's enough people in New York City to keep that state just a mess. Yeah, what do you think about that? I mean, it seems like what, what we've seen relatively recent for a number of factors, but New York and California particularly are shedding more citizens than right. any other states in the yeah. union for a variety of reasons but i think that is one of them it is i mean it's they're trying to create a utopian world and i don't think they i think they look at it as the people they're leaving are the people that we don't want they're against yeah. us but the states i mean california i lived there for 20 years is turning into a dump yeah i mean it's los angeles is bad san francisco is a mess yeah i lived in oakland for while well, i lived in piedmont for uh eight years or so yeah. give or take and i worked in san francisco and it, it's I think I moved there in 2011, and by the time I left, it was just awful. Yeah. I mean, it was yeah. unlovable. People were shitting in the streets. Yep. Like I, I, I took the BART from Oakland over to San Francisco every morning to go to work and would walk past the just – it looked like a third-world country. And I don't understand. My question to – I've got liberal family members. I have liberal friends, some of them. And I always ask them the question, okay, take, take California – Politically, they are getting exactly what they want. They've mm -hmm. got liberal. They're voting all the laws they want to vote. Can you tell me when does this start working? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I can't get an answer because they always said, well, we're just not doing enough of not. Well, wait a minute. You're, California's doing all of it. Yeah, they're spending a uh, uh, billion dollars a year, I think, on homelessness in L.A., yeah. something like that. So well, if that's you, uh, not going to cut it, then I don't no, know what will. A society has as much crime as it tolerates. Mm-hmm. And we're looking at now is people are tolerating a lot of crime. Well, you're a New York guy. You remember when Giuliani and Bernie Carrick cleaned up yep. New York City yep. in the late 90s, mid to late 90s. And I mean, they started. It was a dramatic. They started. Of crime. The first the first thing they did was they cracked down on fair jumpers on, on the subway. Mm -hmm. Property. I mean, it's, uh, it's it's broken window yeah. theory, right? Yeah, yeah right. You, right. You, if you yeah, if you fix the broken windows yeah. in a bad neighborhood, just mm -hmm. fix them right away. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, the neighborhood gets But better. people misunderstand why that is. They think it's because uh, uh, people don't want to break nice things. No, it's because people start to take pride in their community again. Yeah. That's what you're really doing, right? Because it's, it's uncomfortable to... It's uncomfortable to live in a place where people are suffering. I think it's hard. It, it's, it's, hard. It's, it's, it's hard to witness yep. uh, that kind of stuff, and it's hard to hate people up close, right? Because as human beings, we're naturally empathetic to some degree because that's how you that's yeah. we're, we're social creatures right and it's hard to see that stuff and that's why you know even the the leftists in in california that are witnessing this stuff now you see guys uh like this this dude the other week who is a lifelong progressive democrat spraying some old homeless lady in the face with a water hose to get the fuck off of his property yeah. because and that's a sad situation that ever had to come to that you know what i mean because how many times did Someone called the police. How many times did someone ask this person to move? What's being done to treat this person in the first place to keep yeah. that from happening? Instead of just offering them food and needles, yeah, you know, maybe we should have done something else. And well, it, it's it's very uncomfortable for people, and it and it drives them to extreme links sometimes. When you go back thirty years, when they didn't accept people living on the street. Mm -hmm. People didn't live on the street. Right. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's people will work very hard for a minimum mm. for their minimum level of comfort. Yep. If your minimum level of comfort allows you to sit in a tent on the street, you're going to do that. But if that's uncomfortable, you'll do something. You'll work hard enough right. to be minimum level of. Comfort. And all of these progressive cities, Portland, Seattle, uh, San Francisco, Oakland, L.A., they, they all sometime in the mid 2000s, all 
started these public works projects where they were putting spikes under overpasses and putting the dividers in between benches so people mm -hmm. couldn't sleep on them. And it wasn't to be cruel. It was like, hey, these aren't options. You've got to do something right. better right. for yourself. You know what I mean? It's like slapping a kid's hand when they're trying to put a fork in an electrical socket. You yeah. know what's bad for them. You can't let them do that. There's other options yeah. to be had here, you know? And I, you know, we're at a point now, I look at California, I don't see how they get back. No, they, so, well, I mean. Without it, a, a complete economic collapse yeah. of the government. 2024 is going to be really interesting because I think Gavin Newsom is going to try to run for president, yeah. frankly. Yeah. And I'm not sure how he's going to do it when he took a $10 billion surplus and turned it into a $100 million deficit or $100 billion yeah. deficit in one year, right? Like, that's a hard sell for people. Yeah, I don't, uh, I think there's, I mean, I do think that conservatives are going to continue to gain um, I think it's going to happen a lot. I think, I think there's, a, there's an underlying frustration. I've got a lot of friends, family members, Democrats, there's an underlying frustration mm -hmm. in the politics of the Democrat Party, yeah. and it no longer represents the bulk of the, the Democrat, you know, the actual population. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, they may talk a big Democrat game, but when they close the curtain, I think they're going to go the other way. I, you can probably say the same thing about the Republican Party at this point, right? I mean, it's you know what? I, I, if, if the I've Republican not, Party had some balls, yeah. Jesus Christ, it drives the, me when, nuts. When's the, that, I ask people this all the time. When's the last time the the so-called conservative party did something conservative, right? I'm going to say probably if you go back to Newt Gingrich and mm. those years, they had a balanced budget mm. for was it three three or four years? They yeah, balanced it was the budget. Ninety four to ninety seven, right. I believe. Yeah. And once you have once a budget is balanced, you accept that. All of a sudden, you're creating. Now, the politicians' creative thinking is okay, we're a balanced budget. So, if we want to do this, wait, we got to get the money from somewhere. Mm -hmm. It's not right now with they don't care. Mm -hmm. Just fund everything. Yeah. It's yeah, just it's, crazy. It's pretty bizarre. And, you know, there doesn't seem to be a lot of pushback from the Republican side. They just negotiate that, to get their piece of it. You right. Know? That's, they're so worried that if they don't bring the pork back to their mm -hmm. district, um, I mean, Schumer is loved in New York State. Mm -hmm brings a lot of money to the state. Yeah, yeah. I disagree with his politics, but I, I get people see the money coming in and they, they vote for him. Well, how do you how do you uh, reconcile AOC being reelected after effectively losing her community about thirty billion dollars, right? Yeah. And a, and, a, and I, losing I the state a billion dollars in tax or three billion dollars in tax revenue. There's an urban mentality of educated urban liver liver the livers. People live in in cities. New York City. They have college degrees. They work. It's a, it's, a, it's a mindset that I don't understand mm -hmm. because the only way I can really look at it is if you live in a big city, live in New York City, live in Los Angeles, in a true crisis, something, I mean, major, major event happens, mm -hmm. earthquake, something horrible, you look to the government mm -hmm. for help. They're the only ones that can help. If you live in a small town and something major happens, you look to your neighbor because you're right. the only one that can help. Yeah. And I think that's the, the mindset difference between conservative and liberal is conservatives they look to themselves and their neighbors we got to solve problems sure the the liberal democrat says solve my problem yeah and they just they, they yield their authority they yield their mm -hmm. freedom to a political power that they believe will take care of them well you know what in minneapolis they had fires in the streets and all those liberals and all those beautiful condos downtown they called the police and they said sorry we're defunded yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah. a lot of them went out and bought firearms yeah. and that was a turning point yeah, I mean, look, it's that maybe that's just a micro version of the the soft men being made hard by hard times, you know. I think so. Uh, and, and it's not necessarily a net negative for society that that happens either. No, I mean, I, no, it's not. Just it's, just building the resilience and the self reliance is a big part of right. weaning people off of the federal government entirely. Which is, you know, I, I tell people this all the time: if you want the federal government or any government, the state, generally speaking, to stop interfering in your life. Find the problems they're solving and figure out a way to solve them yourself yeah. in your community, yeah, right? And kick kick those assholes out, and and stop letting them have yeah, authority over you. There's, I, I, it's my belief that when you give somebody something that they didn't earn, you diminish them. I agree with at that. At some yeah. level, at some level, somebody who's on, if you're getting from the government, I, I get it. People have hard times. You mm. need help. I got no problem. You know what? I've been dirt poor mm. i've made a lot of money and i've been poor again and sure, it's, yeah. i've had a bit of a roller coaster but when you get in these situations where the government's always coming in these communities saying we'll give you this we'll give you that you're diminishing 
you're diminishing their self-image. You're, sure. you're turning them into dependent people, and it's just it's a horrible thing to do. Yeah, and you know the 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 unfortunate and ironic part of that is that I, I can't think of many people that I know personally who, if their neighbor came to them and said, "Hey, I'm having trouble with the bills this month mm-hmm. uh, and food and stuff, and my kids are suffering, can you help me?" It's a it's a hard thing to do to ask that. It is, but it's it, it's it's an even harder thing to do to say no to the request in my opinion. Like I would never say no to that. No, it's uh, I, it's my, I, mean, I believe that most people, you know, they talk about racial this and all mm. this white this and all this bullshit, but it's been my experience that when somebody stumbles and falls, whoever is next to them will lean over and help them up, regardless of who mm. they are, where they're from. And I see that all the time. And I do think, you know, the government is driving this um, white privilege, black this, Asian, they're, they're all, they're cutting up into groups and most people I think are decent. Most people yeah, will yeah. help you out. Yeah, it's, you know, I, it, this is this is an iron law. If somebody's trying to divide you, they're trying to conquer you, Absolutely. right? That is how that works. Cut them up into little groups, mm-hmm. get them to fight each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, look at the effectiveness George Soros has had yeah, in yeah. funding. I mean, he's put millions and millions of dollars into getting hundreds of millions yeah, ultra liberal prosecutors mm-hmm. in these cities they're no longer prosecuting crime which is the worst thing you can do right. is not hold people mm-hmm. responsible for their actions yep. it's, i mean think about the the think about how quickly a child will become unruly and petulant if they're not disciplined it's and then it's, expand that to all of broader society i mean it's that's a, clearly not a winning strategy no it's not it's they've attacked that they've attacked the american family the concept of the american family is they're trying to change that. And when mm. you look at all the data, all the statistics, the greatest thing you can do for a child is have a husband and a wife raise them. Right. Regardless of the environment, mm. having a husband and wife, man and woman together, mm. raising a kid puts that kid at a huge advantage, regardless of race sure, or anything yeah. else. I mean, you need uh, any human being to develop as a human being needs a positive male and female role model yep. in their life. Yep. Um, and, you know, it isn't always possible. Things happen. People die. Absolutely. You know? Uh, people get estranged. Some people are shit bags, and you don't know it until it's too late. But uh, it's something I, I like to tell people a lot. Like if you're in one of those positions, well, there, there's two parts of this. If you're in one of those positions where the other, I guess, gender is not being represented in your child's life, you better find somewhere for it to get represented, or they're going to have yeah. a huge deficit in their life. And if you, as a person, want your community to be better, you you need to make yourself available to fill those roles, if possible, yeah. to be a little league baseball coach. Or if you're uh, a woman to be like, I, I don't know, a dance instructor for little kids or whatever they do, right? Like be, be available whatever, to be a role model right, for that child. Whatever the role model is, I agree. The, the transition from child to adult is probably one of the most difficult mm. things you go through in life from a hormonal. I mean, everything happens without having proper role models. Mm. That's why you see when you, when you look at actual firearms violence statistics, the number of young adults that are shot and killed, they're shooters, single family. Yeah, 80%, 80% or more are fatherless homes fatherless, specifically. Fatherless, yeah. Exactly. And you know what? There's going to be a role model mm. there. If father's not there, right. it's going to be somebody else, yeah. and it might not be who you want. Well, it's never going to be who you want, right, right typically, unless you, may, unless you go out of your way to make sure it is. Yeah. And I'm not sure how we get that back. Um, it frustrated me you know, when Obama was president, that he didn't do more. I, I thought... He came out pretty strong with the Boys and Girls Club, and then it just kind of it, disappeared. It just, it, it, they completely... Yeah. Yeah. After like he 2011, have, it kind of disappeared. He could have come out strong on a family message mm-hmm. and had an amazing impact, and I, it, it was disappointing. It, yeah, I mean, and it's... There, there's some folks doing some good work in that area, but it's going to take everybody. I mean, I, I always look yeah. back to, uh, <clears throat> to uh, Native American culture where every... Every woman over a certain age in the tribe was referred to by every child as grandmother, yeah. and every older man was referred to by every child as grandfather, right? Because just labeling it that way creates the idea of institutional uh, uh, knowledge and yeah. like all of the things that we look to. And now, you know, to your point about the transition from childhood to adulthood. I don't know what I've I've been asking people a lot about this late, lately, even this week. Um, what are the uh, rites of passage that young men have now, other than Judaism, right? With with a bar mitzvah, yeah, you got that. Like who who? What other part of our culture 
that the or I guess confirmation and the with the Catholics is something yeah, something akin to that as well. But it's more so few Catholics. That's <laughs> that's more confirmation into the church and right. less, you know. Yeah. So it's like, what rites of passage do ordinary citizens have or ordinary male children have to know? Like you're an adult now because you, when you tell something, yeah. like if you if you go to somebody and be like, hey. You're responsible for this now. They will more, uh, uh, by and large, take responsibility for that right. thing, right? Yeah. But if we never tell them that, then they never feel any sense Especially of Especially if they know it's coming, if it's, sure, if yeah. it's structured. Because when you look at a lot of cultures, a lot of societies in the world, there is a very strict rite mm. of passage that you go through to become, now you're in a man. And once you go through that, you're expected to live up to those standards. Right. But you know what? You know it, you understand it, you mm. prepared for it, so you do it. Right. And there, this whole, you know, the term, toxic masculinity. <laughs> All, yeah, all that's it's just holy cow i'm looking at like you know what there's assholes out there mm. okay on both sides both sections sure, yeah. there there are 100%. but it's uh when did when did american men stop raising their boys to be men and i see i don't I mean most of the guys i know are great dads and mm. do a great job but i see a lot of i see a lot of lost 23 24 year old guys that just they don't know what to do. This episode of Citizen is brought to you by BlackRifleCoffee.com. Get 20% off your first order with the code CITIZEN. Join the Black Rifle Coffee Club if you want to get the max out of this deal. Join the club. Get fresh roasted freedom delivered straight to your door. Black Rifle Coffee is a veteran-operated company that uh, supports America's military, law enforcement, and first responders. Uh, you're going to get the best coffee, premium coffee, delivered every month. With the coffee club it is definitely their best deal choose your favorite roast light dark or medium uh, choose the grind whether you want ground coffee or you want to grind it yourself get whole bean or if you have a Keurig, get coffee rounds and then you choose your delivery schedule seven days uh, every 14 days every 21 every 30 so on and so forth members in addition uh, to the great deals on the coffee and the delivery schedule get free shipping and they get access to exclusive partner discounts with the great companies that you know and love um, and oftentimes get first looks at new merchandise and other things like that. So get 20% off your first order. Get it started now with the code CITIZEN. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com and get those deals. Next up, GhostBed. Right now, GhostBed's offering 40% off GhostBed bundles where you get a mattress and an adjustable base. For everything else, 30% off if you use the code Bros. At ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. We're talking about rites of passage. Yeah. And, you know, it used to be as much as I, like, I didn't have a great relationship with my dad because I didn't think he was a very good dude. But he did get a lot of stuff right. Yeah. Like making me come out to the garage with him and work was a thing that really shaped, like it gave me a sense, even though he and I had a, a very uh, confrontational relationship, it gave me a sense of, well, it taught me how to do things. You know what I mean? And it's not just about learning how to hammer a nail or, <laughs> excuse me, how to fix a car or anything. It's the confidence in be knowing you're competent yeah. and being able to do things. That's a big difference for people. Like you said, we have these guys, they graduate college, they're 23 years old now. Technically, they're in the workforce. They have no idea how to be a human being. They don't know how you to know change I mean? a tire. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's crazy. You know, one of the things that I was just thinking about that rites of passage, I'm thinking about what do we have? And I'm looking at my own kids and I'm looking at, one of the rites of passage in the firearms community is I look at hunting. Mm -hmm. Take your hunter safety course. You, you, and there's a point now where, you know what? That's your stand. Right. You're the, you know, you know, like, this is your day. You, you got to keep it up. You got to yeah, do the whole thing. Take it, yeah. boom it. You, you're going to, you, you, you uh, shoot a deer, field dress it, you get it down. You're, you're, you're trusted, and, right. this is, and you're going to do this whole experience in an ethical manner. Right, and I want to see that you you know perform, and and now they are, you know, they are providing for their family mm -hmm. at the most basic level of of, of that right. a human can, yeah. simply providing food. Which is, by the way, you know, the the purpose, the genetic or um, yeah, the biological purpose of uh, masculinity is to provide and protect. It's to yep. use aggression to provide sustenance for your family yep. and protect them from existential threats. That is the purpose of masculinity, and. You know, if you don't exercise it in that way, if it's not trained and honed and directed in that way, the aggression's coming out somewhere. In the same Absolutely. way that in the same Absolutely. way that the kid is going to seek out a role model, regardless if it's good or bad, they're going to use their aggression some way. And yeah. we see this when when people when when especially these young men get divorced from 
the true purpose of this, right? It, it turns almost immediately into nihilism because whether they can admit it to themselves or even recognize it or not, something inside them knows that they're not fulfilling their purpose. And it, and it leads to nihilism. And that nihilism, it, it trends almost entirely in a negative way. Sometimes people can get themselves out of it. But what we see are people who look to gangs, people who look to, yeah. like in other countries, joint terrorist groups. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the depression and suicide part. And then there's the mass shooter part. These are all symptoms of the same disease. Yep. And, it is. And yeah. the satisfaction of taking the other path. Mm -hmm. The satisfaction of knowing you're doing it right and you're doing it is it's 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 almost there's no gray area. It's one or the other because once you move one direction, yeah, once you go down a path it's mm -hmm. tough. It's you it's, can make changes, but yeah. it is It's hard to turn around. And I think shame and pride are useful things. We, yeah. we we don't we don't seem to like that much anymore. We like to tell people that they're beautiful just how they are oh. and they're not. You know what? You know you're ugly. And, and why, why look, do we not keep score <laughs> five-year-old soccer games. The kids yeah. know. Yeah, they know. But it's like, no, yeah. we don't want them to lose. Well, you know what? Son, you know what? You lost. <laughs> what did you learn? Mm -hmm. Okay, what could you do different? Okay, what, what will you do if you want to improve? Mm -hmm. Great, let's see what we can do. Yeah, I mean, we're, you know, we're, 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 uh, uh, <laughs> we're reinforcing mediocrity. Absolutely. And what, what, what do you expect the outcome of that's going to be? You know, I mean, it's not very obvious what it's going to be. Well, I mean, look at, look at the heat um, Elon Musk takes. Mm -hmm. He happens to be worth hundreds of billions of dollars. Not because he took money from people, because we value his company. Mm -hmm. We bid the stock up, so he's worth a lot. But here's a guy that should be celebrated. Yeah. I mean, why aren't we celebrating the huge victories? Mm -hmm. We're not. We're, we're, we're black. Oh, that's... Oh, that's not good. What do you mean mm. it's not good? Well, he has too much money. No, he owns a company. That will, I mean, liberals go crazy, but he'll be responsible for the American going to electric vehicles. Yeah, I mean, he already <laughs> has been. Yeah. It, it went from 0% to 6%. Yep. In, I guess, in about uh, seven years, something yep. like that, which is, you know, way better than the federal government did with solar energy like Solyndra. Uh, you know, $300 billion got wasted why, amongst these companies. Why wasn't that investigated? I, I have no idea. Well, a lot of yeah. people don't know about that one, but that, yeah. was, a, that was just a slush fund bailout. Yeah. I used crazy. to drive by it all the time. Oh, did you? Because it's uh, uh, on the way from Oakland to uh, uh, down to the uh, to San Jose, I think. Mm. But I used to drive by it all the time. And I look at, every time I looked at the building, I'm like, Jesus Christ. That's yeah. not even real. That was a boiler room. It was. There, I don't even know if they had offices in there. I think they just built the building, took the money, and left. It's, uh, yeah, that was a... That was an Obama administration mm. thing that I don't know why nobody. I don't know why the where did why didn't the Republicans scream during that? Well, I don't. I, I frankly I think that um, m maybe every now and again there's an there's an outsider politically, but I think that the greater political body is akin to an aristocracy, like at the Roman yeah. aristocracy, and at before they will support any cause, they will defend the aristocracy itself. Yeah. Right. That's why people hated they Trump. They call it the so institution, much. right? Yeah. The institution mm -hmm. of the Congress. That's, that's why people hated Trump so much because he didn't respect any of the old rules. No, it's and, true. And, you know, like, not, I, I didn't agree with everything he did or said. I certainly thought he was kind of a jackass sometimes. But that, the reason that everybody comes after him all the time isn't because of his policies. It's because no. he was a threat to the aristocracy in this country. Absolutely. Right? He, I mean, he, again, I, I agree with you. It was like, don't talk. Yeah. <laughs> but, his, his actual, his hand, yeah. I mean, he's the only, one of the few presidents in my lifetime that said, this is what I'm going to do. Mm. He got in and he checked yeah, yeah. boxes. I mean, he the last, it done. the last one I can remember, honestly, and this is well before my time, obviously was Eisenhower that did stuff yeah. like that. And he was also the one that warned us about, you know, military industrial yep. complex and, and things like, like, look, having a strong security force is a good idea. Um, it's why it's in the Second Amendment mm -hmm. to make to distribute that even amongst the civilian population. It's a good idea. Yeah. But when you have profit motive involved there, then you start wars and you stay in wars that you shouldn't be in because it's making people well, money. You know what I mean? It's happening yeah. right now. It is. I mean, a lot of people don't realize we are in a proxy war. Mm. And what they also I don't realize is that of the hundred billion dollars we've sent to Ukraine, 74 billion of it hasn't left the United States. Right, it's gone yeah. to United States companies. Right, you know, they're just, we're not sending them cash. We're sending them right. U.S. products, right. and uh, we're sending them U.S. products at retail cost. Right, oh yeah, which is 
you know, it is what it is. That's, that's how the, the complex works. We could use technology to end that very quickly. Right. If yep. we had any balls. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Russia is like the most, I don't, I don't know why everybody it's been throughout the entire cold war. Yeah. They had nukes. That was part of it. And their intelligence services are pretty good, but their military sucks. Yeah. And we've known that forever. Yeah. Right. We've, we've seen them fight before. They're not good. They still fight like it's Korea, yeah. you know? So what are we doing here? It just, it, it's very like a, whenever I look at a complex problem like that, uh, it's, this is like an old Sherlock Holmes thing. When you eliminate all the impossible answers, the remaining answers has to be correct, regardless right? of how yeah. unlikely, right? That's, uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle said that it's like, yeah. yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. And the most obvious solution or the most obvious answer here is that everybody knows that Russia has an incompetent military, yeah. right? But we can, we can set them up as the boogeyman right now and fleece the American people of billions and billions of dollars and even get a lot of the American people to root for us as we do it. Yeah. That's, <laughs> a, that's a very easy plan to pull off. They're doing it right now in front of our faces, and half the country likes it. Yeah, it's... Uh, they don't talk about a win. Yeah. They do, they, it's, 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 it's more perpetual, isn't it? You know, think about it. But, uh, and also, even now, I think that that's become old in the news cycle, mm -hmm. and they're trying to move... Oh, they're trying to get past the... Scan, the uh, the uh, document scandal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, you know, uh, it's funny. A lot of my friends and people I know post, like, when's the raid on Biden's compound going to be? It's like, it's not going to happen, no. bud. No, and you know what? He is, uh, how his wife got behind him to run for president, mm -hmm. I, makes no, I mean, the poor guy, he should be sitting in a lawn chair on the beach enjoying his grandkids. Yeah, I agree with that. That's, he shouldn't be president. It's, uh hell nowadays i'm not sure who should be president it's it's a it's a brutal job but yeah it's not certainly not one that i want to do no it's you know i've been asked um i like to put on a show i like mm. to i like to do my dog and he was a guitar player at one point mm. i like to say so you said some point you think you own a politics i'm like no i said there's no i couldn't live in the world mm. of I don't want to scratch some. I don't want to do bullshit for one person because I know they'll do bullshit for me. Right? Yeah. You know, yeah, it's just it's, it's a, a constant circular quid pro quo kind yeah, of situation I look at, going on. You look at our Congress right now. We have the oldest Congress in American history. Mm -hmm. Pelosi, Schumer. Well, the Democrat Party. If you look at their leadership, they've not. They have not trained their replacements. They mm -hmm. have not. There's. You've got all these old, old. Those old Republicans too, but they're all going to be. I mean, hell, they're going to be dead in ten years. Mm -hmm. Who's next in line? You've got the squad. There's nobody on the Democrat side that's, there's no middle management. Mm. They've not trained anybody to really take over. And I, I wonder, I mean, when these people are gone, Schumer, I, the next five, 10 years, they're all mm. gonna be gone. Yeah. What's gonna happen? It's a good question, yeah. And I'm not sure from the Republican side, because I don't even know what the RNC's goals are. Like they have a bulleted list on their website, but no, I don't know what they're actually doing. Is is there confusion between fiscal conservative and religious conservative? Maybe, yeah, because they're I certainly not fiscally conservative. No, no. Uh, you know, the largest expansion of the federal government in history happened uh, under George Bush, George yeah. W. Bush, as did the expansion of the surveillance state. Yeah. So in every way that we think of conservative, they are not anymore. No, the, they, use, for a they long time. use 9-11 as, mm -hmm. as a reason to, wow, don't let a crisis go to waste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at look at what they've created. Yeah, um, and they did that. Carter did that with the with the Department of Education. Sure, yeah, was a huge. Yep. I mean, look at that. Even even to some degree with the Department of Energy under Carter as well. Yeah, during the gas crisis and stuff like that, gave them broad. I mean, th this is this is something that's been, um, both sides at the federal level, both sides of the political aisle at the federal level have been characterized over the last forty years or so by using shitty situations to expand federal power yeah and the you know one side is supposed to be diametrically opposed intrinsically to that kind of a thing but they've been just as complicit it is because at the end of the day they're elected they get reelected, and now they get kind of addicted to the power oh yeah i think term limits would would solve a lot of sure, that yeah. i don't see how they'll get i mean there was a point when that might have been possible mm. i'm not sure unless he outcry the american outcry gets so strong mm -hmm. because it's eventually um the people scream loud enough politicians will react sure, yeah yeah but i mean you, once you give power to somebody it's difficult to pull it back yeah. i mean it, it's i we, we have this is why i think every american 
Uh, look, I don't think the federal government should even exist, frankly, but if it is going to exist, any bill that gets proposed, voted on, and signed into law should have a sunset sunset clause, right? This exists for two years or three years or five years, then it goes away and you got to re-vote on it again. Because just changing how the institution of America works on a whim and now it exists forever, it's the same thing we do with our judges. We appoint federal judges for life. That's crazy. Like, how, why would you do that? You don't appoint anybody for life to anything except for an emperor. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure what the logic was originally on the Supreme Court. Um, it certainly made it so you couldn't have, the court wouldn't shift quick. It slowed down the rate of change of the court. Sure, yeah. But, uh, That's probably not a bad thing. No, I think in, in that regard, but, uh, you know, either there's a complete breakdown. There's, there's a point when the power goes back to the people. Mm. The problem is, is that at a point where we're all shooting each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, it's... Yeah. Uh, it's well, I mean, I think I, from, from my perspective, I think that's their defense against, yeah. uh, you know, what, what is just federalism. It's our system right. of government and how it's supposed to work, which is that power resides at the lowest possible level all the way down mm -hmm. to the individual. The way to combat that, if you're the federal power, the largest power, is to pit people against each other. Yeah. Because they feel it, it, when people propose an idea like, I think we should eliminate federal power and let people handle it on their own. Well, what are we going to do without the federal government, right? Because we all can't get along. Well, the, like I mean, we don't get along now with the federal no. government. No, it's all the, the money. They're, they mm -hmm. all every state wants the federal dollars, but you're right. I mean, it's the federal government should organize trade between states and protect our borders. Mm -hmm. That's really all they should be doing. Yeah. And stabilize currency. Mm -hmm. Again, that's trade. Sure. But I'm a big believer in states' rights mm -hmm. and. Uh, well, so are the founders of the country. That's why they wrote the Ninth and Tenth Amendments to yeah. the Constitution, the, right? Um, <laughs> well, I think it's, it's the trade, that trade clause that they've used to hammer those and give the federal government so much power right, yeah. is, is regulating trade has been expanded into so many right. things. But there was no provision to allow the states to take back power. Right. I mean, it's, it's very difficult. Not not articulated. Yeah. I mean, what yeah. we see is nullification typically is the best way to go yeah. about doing that. I just had a conversation about it this morning. It's something that New York to a lesser degree, but California and uh, Massachusetts especially did with uh, weed and gay marriage. Right. They were like, this is not the federal government's business. It's not our business. Do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Um, and if the federal government's got a problem with it, they can go fuck themselves. They did that with two major issues, two of the major social issues of our time, as a matter of fact. And we're very successful at doing it. We can yeah. do the same thing. You, you just have to have local and then state buy-in on a mass scale yeah. to be able to accomplish something like that. But it is not impossible. And as a matter of fact, it's not even difficult. No, but Massachusetts got, and no. California did not have difficult times doing that. No, they. New York State. I mean, the fear I think in New York State is they are so addicted to federal dollars. Oh yeah that they're so afraid that the feds are just going to say, hey, if you take that path, we're withholding these funds. Right. And, I mean, New York State is not sustainable. Not not at this point, yeah. No, but, it's, you know, it's, there's states like uh, Texas and Florida that Texas don't running, need federal money, no. right? Texas is the only state that actually couldn't say, there's no federal land in Texas. Mm -hmm. They actually could pull out. Uh, yeah, there's a guy, I don't remember his name. I've, I've communicated with him a couple of times, but he wrote the book Texit, which is about, yeah. you know, secession. You know, I mean, look, I, I wouldn't be morally, I, people get romantic about the United States being mm -hmm. one organization, but it wasn't ever one organization. It was a federation right. of states, Pe right? Right. Yeah, we are a republic yeah. of states. Yeah. We are not a country. I mean, it's... That's what federalism is. Yeah. That's, that's the, the way it, it was designed to be, is to make sure that no yeah. central authority could come capture this. But now, uh, you know... Joe Biden can, well, certainly he's not doing it because that dude doesn't, he can't read or no, write he's, or think. No, he anything. truly, I feel, I tr I mean, I disagree with his whole career politically. Yeah. I, feel, I, th I think here's an old man that just is being propped up by a bunch of assholes. At this point, it's like watching Britney Spears on Instagram, isn't it's, it? Just it's just like, it's, it's a car wreck all the time. You like, can't take your eyes off it. It's like point. watching an old man with a bad toupee hit on really young girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pathetic. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's sad. It yeah. really is sad. But, you know, he, he uh, somebody from his administration, to be honest, probably the chief of staff who was talking to the other yeah. uh, members of Congress and in uh, both houses and says, hey, we want to get rid of uh, uh, short barrel rifles or we want to do another uh, low hanging fruit sweep to do a gun registry. So we're going to 
put we're going to have an unelected bureaucrat at the ATF make a new rule without any congressional oversight whatsoever and just decide that this thing that's been legal for years is now going to turn 20 to 40 million American citizens into felons. Yeah, what's Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm a rifle guy. I love mm-hmm. long range shooting. That's what I do. The brace. Uh why is it bad? To me, it seems like if you're making a handgun a little bit bigger, mm. that should make anti-handgun people happier because now this, you can't conceal it. Yeah, they say that it's small, smaller than a standard rifle. Like for some, they just put an arbitrary limit. If it's under 16 inches, that's not that's not okay. You have to get a license for that. Why? There's there's what's the, what's the fear? I mean, what's, the, what is I, I the did, negative because, side? Because it's smaller, I guess. But there's no. Uh, it's smaller than a typical rifle, they say. Yeah. But it is uh, more powerful and more accurate at distance than a standard handgun. Both of those things are true. Okay. But okay. there is no data to suggest that they are used in crimes. More That's frequently. that. My next question is like okay. It let's let's exist. pull the data. How, what percentage of crime, handgun mm-hmm. or gun violence? involves this product i'm going to guess it's less than one percent well about 68 percent of uh all gun deaths are suicide right yeah first correct and of the remainder um about 70 percent are handguns yep in inner cities yeah. right 70 percent with one type of weapon in one location yep so rifles of all sorts account for about uh 1.7 percent of yep. gun deaths i believe yep. And uh, when you talk about the, the big, scary assault rifle, whatever the fuck that means, including the SBR, yeah. it's a fraction of 1%. You got, I did the math on it. This was about four or five years ago. I was, I was speaking at an event. So I did a, as much research as I could pull, and I went over. It was like a seven-year period of pulling records from, uh, it was from the Justice Department, and it might have been FBI. I did mm-hmm. do some digging. I used just Google on the web, and yeah. I was able to get a lot of data. And the CDC carries these uh, over, this information as well if you want to do further research just for the audience. It was over a seven-year seven period I looked, drilling down, and annually, average in America is about 80 people are killed with an AR-15. <laughs> yeah. And of those, yeah. of those, half of those are suicide, and another big chunk is accidental discharge. Mm. It's not The gun was not... In t- in, intentionally fired at somebody it was discharged and someone was killed but it's the least used gun in crime but it's right yeah it's but scary. it's scary yeah oh Big dear time. and uh you know what though but i'm that, okay that, that's with the an, government making those arguments sure yeah because it's farcical and it mm. gives them something to talk about for their their constituents are oh mm. i'll buy into it that's fine you can talk all you want about it. it's not going anywhere no they're not i mean they're they, this is people ask me like what what, what is everybody going to do about it i'm like well you've got a bunch of these yeah. pistols with braces on them. What are you going to do? And they're like, nothing. I'm like, that's exactly what everybody else that is going to is, do. When New York State paced, passed the, the uh, SAFE Act, mm-hmm. which made all whole bunch of guns illegal, and you know, or, or if they don't register them, nobody mm-hmm. did. And I talked to a lot of law enforcement, and the reason, the way they looked at this was they're not enforcing this. Mm-hmm. However, if they get you on a petty drug charge and you've got one of these rifles, it's a secondary charge. They, yeah. but but that's the felony, and they will hold that felony above you to get you roll, to get you to roll on the drug deal to get sure. information, and that's how they're that's how they're using. It, I think as a yeah. leverage play to get information on lesser charges. But it's again when your government is passing laws that your local law enforcement says, "Don't worry, we're not going to enforce." Yeah, it. yeah. What does that tell you? I mean, it you? just ha- it just happened in Illinois. So Illinois yeah. statewide ban on what they call assault rifles, AR-15s, yeah. are banned in Illinois now. And already 80-plus percent of sheriffs in the state have said, we will not enforce right. that. And the so much so that the attorney general made a statement yesterday. was like, well, we'll find other ways to enforce it. It's like, look, you start sending state, state police into sheriff, sheriff and sheriff deputies' counties to do shit, that's not going to go well. They're going to be pulled right over. Yes, they will. <laughs> Absolutely. As they should. Because the sheriff is, uh, the, sheriff is the, the most... Other than the governor, the most authoritative person in a state in their county. Correct. Right? Correct. Only, it's, only by the, the people for the people. Correct. It's, yeah. It's, and, yeah. And you know, only only the governor uh, can only only the governor can even charge them with a crime that involves right. their official duties in office. Right. Right. So it would be state power had to take on. I mean, what what exactly is the governor of Illinois going to do? Arrest eighty percent of the sheriffs in Illinois? That ain't happening. And then it's arrest what percentage of the citizens own? Yeah. On these rifles, yeah. and, and that's uh, that's how nullification works. That's why yeah. it's so effective, because the silent majority, whatever you want to call it, you don't even ha- you don't have to you don't have to get in a room together. You don't even have to have a conversation. You just have to say no. 
yeah. to bullshit. That's how it works. That's I was saying when the when the people that just want to be left alone get involved. Yeah, it's usually, shit happens. It's usually not good for the people no. doing the uh, the poking no, but and prodding. I, I got to believe the Supreme Court's not going to let that sit. No way. I mean, they just reversed the bump stock ban. There's yeah. no way they're going to let an assault weapons ban yep. go they, through. They did the, the ban. The, in New York State was you could get a handgun permit, mm. but you could not carry unless you had a concealed carry permit, yeah. which was virtually impossible yeah. to get. Well, now, you know. And now you, they threw that out. Yeah, and they threw that out, and now it's uh, every state, at, f- from the federal perspective, every state is now a shall-issue state. Um, L.A. isn't cooperating, yeah. and now there's multiple lawsuits again, and they're going to end up, I mean, they're going to lose those lawsuits because the federal law is pretty clear at this point. It's, and if, if actual smart people would actually look at data, mm. they'd realize that they're just, they're just, these are the wrong arguments, these are the wrong mm. talking points. Just, guys, the rights and our ability to own firearms is not why there's, there's 400 million guns owned by at least 50 million people in this country. Yeah. And if that was the problem, nobody would exist. Right. Right. That's like exactly. we, we only there's only 350 million people in the country. If one seventh of them yep. were armed lunatics. When you look at the data, inner city men between the ages of 13 and 25, 44 mm-hmm. percent of all mm-hmm. handgun, all, all murders. Mm-hmm. So you've got roughly two and a half, three percent of our population. And they don't have fathers. Yeah, and these this data makes uh, makes all the difference for me. And it's the same yeah. if you uh, if you ask people about uh, th- this is actually really interesting. I, I I heard about this recently. So, um, <clears throat> I believe it was Douglas Murray. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. I know the name. Well, he's a conservative British author. Okay. That that talks about culture and society and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So there was this study where people who were uh, center left and then solid left and then far left they were asked how many black unarmed black people do you think are killed by police each year and the center left person said I think 200 and the solid left person said 2,000 and the far left person said over 10,000 and the answer is nine yeah right yeah. so you are orders of magnitude ten thousand times 10,000 uh, apart from reality there. And there's a reason for that. And it's because people are being programmed to believe this shit. Well, it's, when you look at actual statistics, what percentage of law enforcement officers even discharge their weapon? Ever, ever discharge their weapon yeah, in their whole much. career? It's, it's not, not much, it's yeah. not high, no. Yeah. It's, uh, I think it's something like uh, in the high 80s, guys never even fire their weapon. That's correct. It's, that's, that's, that, a, that's, that's a ridiculously it's, small and, amount of people. You know, why why the left decided to go after law enforcement as a that's the problem because now you've i mean you're going to see new york city having to go to a contracted outside private security force sure because there's no enrollment which by the way great in my from my perspective that's exactly how it should be the problem now is you've got government bureaucrats contracting with agencies Mm. and they're gonna be going for the lowest bid because they don't spend any money and you're gonna well i think the, the the only way to combat that is for the individual community yeah. to say like look piedmont in in yep. oakland it's up on a big hill in oakland they did this maybe 20 years ago all the residents got together and were like hey we're not oakland anymore we're yep. piedmont we're going to fund our own police force yep. and technically it is a public utility police force yep. but they could have just as easily done it with a private police force any right? any community can create their own security mm-hmm. And uh, but look at the they did you know the neighborhood watch groups yeah it was years ago it worked yeah yeah, yeah. anytime a community gets together and just mm-hmm. sits down and talks just say no yeah, right they they benefit yep but again we're 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 in this world of walling things off sure yeah and, uh, and trying to solve problems downstream as well. well look I really appreciate you coming today this has been a yeah. very interesting conversation uh, love your company. Love what you guys do. I like that it's not just about the product, but it's also about the utility of the product and making sure people know how to use it. You know what? We design for performance. Mm. I mean, my background, I build armories mm. for military. Sniper goes into combat. He's got one shot. Yep. The rifle has to perform perfectly. Yep. You got to consider that. So it's. Yep. Uh, well, I appreciate being on the show. It's uh, yeah, nice 100%. to have a place to sit down during the yeah, shot yeah, show. Take yeah, a little, yeah, yeah. Yeah, take a little that, break. It's always take crazy. Take that uh, thing off your lanyard off That's for a right. little bit. That's Tell right. everybody where they can find you, where they can find your products. Guys, um, just Google Secure It. We are secureitgunstorage.com and Secure It Tacticals, the military side. But if you just Google Secure It, you'll find us and uh, do some learning. And uh, mm. look, if you're going to own firearms, if you want to defend your home, 
store your firearms in a manner that's congruent with why you have them and then practice and train. Be ready. Be prepared. Love the message. All right. Thanks a lot for coming. Appreciate it. And uh, thank you all for listening. This has been Citizen. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.